This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. Now and now we're live. I see both of the, um, I will put it here. You can see our recording here. Okay, awesome. And I will I will do the post production afterwards so that that both of our voices sound wonderful. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I We can create... even sing then. <laughs> what? We can even sing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm do, a bad do, do so, do so. You're the data Mozart. <laughs> but it, Mozart didn't sing, right? No, he just, he just composed. composed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you uh, listening to Mozart? Do you like it, or is it just because of Austria and and you're doing uh, stuff with data? Yeah, so it's just because of my place of living. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with uh, my love to classic music or something. This uh, I was asked this question uh, multiple times. So I remember last year I was presenting at USA somewhere, Data Saturday, uh, and. Uh, Someone asked me uh, if I like uh, uh, classic music, and I was like, "Oh no!" Uh, but <laughs> why Mozart then? And uh, then, yeah, I explained. So because uh, when I was thinking about starting blogging, I tried to find some, uh, let's say, attractive name uh, in some kind of to be authentic. And yeah. then uh, I was like, "Okay, I'm in Salzburg. Everything here is, uh, you know, in the sign of Mozart." Sure. And I was like, okay, data Mozart, that sounds that sounds cool. And uh, th there are no data Mozarts around. So yeah, that that's how I took this nickname. <laughs> and uh, and also your your motto, making music from your data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 uh, as a consequence uh, when I chose this nickname, then I somehow want to put it, you know, in context of music. It sounds like you had professional marketing uh, support <laughs> from someone who does it for years. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's it's cool. I, I really like it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, but no, no professional marketers. So yeah, it, it was uh, yeah private idea, let's say. And uh, also th this whole blogging stuff uh, is I'm doing it still, like you probably never imagined uh, without any uh, without any any promotions. Uh, such as Google AdSense or something uh, like this, or doing uh, SEO or something like this. So I'm just writing, that's it. Yeah, and I guess this is how it should be, especially because when you started, when you started, did you think about getting self-employed, which you are now, as I know? Yes, that's correct. So uh, I started blogging uh, on, the last, on the last day of 2019. So December, not 31st, but 30th of December uh, 2019 because one of my goals for 2019 was to start blogging and I was postponing, <laughs> postponing, postponing. And then I just wrote the Check. first blog, you know, two days before, uh, before new year. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I started blogging. And, uh, I honestly uh, didn't have idea to be self-employed, uh, because in last almost 20 years, I was uh, a regular full-time employee. Yeah. But yeah, then uh, then uh, uh, I started thinking about this maybe during the last year, and I spoke with a lot of people uh, whose opinion I really really appreciate. Uh, one of you uh, 
uh, one of those people uh, uh, was you. And thanks again for giving me some precious advices. And yeah, that's that's how I decided to switch. And uh, yes, from March from March this year, I'm self-employed. I I can relate to that. When I started blogging, and I guess it was 2014, okay. uh, so eight years already. Um, I didn't have the idea of being self-employed, at least not with this data stuff. I always wanted to work on my own, work for myself, but um, I never really thought as an Excel guy, this is possible. The only thing I really knew really good was a VLOOKUP and that's it. <laughs> um, and a bit of VBA programming. Um, but uh, back then I, I did exactly the same as you said. I did no search engine optimization. Uh, is there anyone who uses Google ads for his blog in the data community? I don't know. I've uh, never heard about that. I don't know if someone sells something through, through, through the blog, some services probably. I don't know. Yeah, might be. I could think of advertising online trainings via Google Ads. I never tried that, but that could be something. But I couldn't imagine to advertise my blog articles or my videos. Hmm. Yeah, same here, same here. But uh, for when talking with other people, so they are surprised that I'm not doing anything, uh, basically, to, to promote uh, the stuff on the blog. So it's yeah. just the content. And Nothing else. Just the content. Um. <laughs> it's not only just the content. It's your content, and you're yeah, doing yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, you know, there are many strategies, techniques uh, to you know to position yourself on the yeah. first page uh, yeah. of the search engines and so on. I really don't do anything in that regard except writing content, uh, creating content. That's that's it. Yeah, me, me too. I'm I'm just starting. Uh, with uh, search engine optimization, I have um, a, a consultant who does this as a part-time job, okay, and nice. uh, we are we're trying to do search engine optimization to my online trainings. Mm -hmm. But that's it. And I I started recently, two months ago, and um, I have no no results so far. So let's see. Yeah, it's still fresh. Two months. It's I would say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely an interesting. Yeah, interesting yeah. topic. So uh, you started in 2019 with blogging. When when did you uh, go to Austria? For I don't know. For some reason, I'm really bad with countries in this world. I, I thought you were from Spain, but uh, no. your accent is completely different. So I don't know why I thought this. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> De nada. Uh, no, I, I like Spain. Spain is my favorite country, to be honest. Uh, and I plan to spend uh, some part of, of my life uh, in Spain, definitely. Mm -hmm. Somewhere close to Barcelona or even Barcelona. That's also my favorite city. Yeah. Uh, but we can talk about that later. So, yeah, basically I moved to Austria in 2016. So it's been six years. Mm -hmm. It's been six years. So I moved from Serbia. I, I was born and uh, I uh, lived in Belgrade. Uh, capital of Serbia, uh, 37 years. And then six years ago, uh, I moved to Austria. And then after a few months, my family also came here. And uh, yeah, we are we are in Salzburg. Yeah, it's a very nice city. We are, we are really enjoying for family life. I would say you would hardly find a better place to, to live. Um, I can only imagine I've never been there. But how is the cultural difference between both countries? Was it hard uh, mm. feeling comfortable there or was it just leaving the country and that's it? No, it's not. Uh, I would say it's not a huge difference in cultures. So basically, whenever you, wherever you go in, in Europe, the culture is similar. 
except maybe if you go closer to Asia or something like uh, uh, something like this. But I would say this uh, continental part of Europe, uh, countries like uh, Austria, Germany, France, uh, Spain, and so on. Uh, this is this is quite similar. I find quite similar, uh, except some lifestyle habits. Uh, for example, Serbians are closer to those Mediterranean uh, Mediterranean uh, Mediterranean uh, 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 cultures like uh, Spain, Greece, or so on. Mm-hmm. So, for example, here in Salzburg, if you go out uh, at 9 p.m. Uh, on Thursday. You will probably meet three to four people in uh, <laughs> five kilometers, uh, and they are just uh, running or took their dogs out. Yeah. You know? But if you go uh, outside on Thursday in Belgrade, it's crowded everywhere. So I mean, when I say crowded, uh, streets, cafes, uh, uh, yeah, clubs, and so on. It's completely different lifestyle. Yeah. I've but seen other that than in, that, from it, cultural perspective, and uh, I don't know, food and. Yeah, that I would say it's quite similar. It's quite similar. Uh, cool. So you feel comfortable there? Your kids enjoy uh, the country. How old are your kids? I guess yeah, you have my, two. Uh, my daughter is soon to be nine in October, and my son is four. So he was born here. Oh, he was born here. He was born your daughter here moved when she was. My daughter was born in Belgrade. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But they are here integrated. So, so school, kindergarten. Uh, uh, they're speaking German much better than me. <laughs> This <laughs> is I'm always proud the case. Of. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, the parents are usually proud when kids are better than than them. But for my German, I would like that uh, I'm still better than them. But it's not the case. And in in the area now, you work for yourself. But when you worked for for companies before in in Austria, uh, was the company language uh, English, so that you didn't have to speak German or what? Exactly, exactly. That's the main reason why. I I haven't learned German better because uh, <laughs> the the first com- company where I came here, uh, the official language is English, and I also had a few guys in my team uh, from my country, so we speak either English or our mother language, Serbian. Uh, so I picked up German uh, along the way. Uh, officially, I have B1 level. Uh, officially, is, yeah. Officially, I have I have. Uh, uh, Like you know, bestätigung. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, in reality, I understand a lot, but uh, it's hard for me to speak because I, I'm not using it on a regular basis. That's that's the main issue, I would say, with every language. Yeah, and it's usually where do you learn another language? Usually, when you speak it at home, which you don't, yeah. or at work, where you stay for exactly. so much time a day, and exactly. if you don't do it there, it's hard. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. Thanks for thanks for that. Uh, Because in my previous company, Navanad, so I was involved in a project where uh, most of people spoke German. Hmm. So I tried to speak German with them, but they between themselves, they, they were speaking German. And I was, uh, my German le- level of my German increased in that few months, in those few months, uh, significantly because I was, you know, present and at all those meetings where only German was spoken. So in case that I... Uh, <laughs> Probably uh, spending more time uh, in those environments, my German will definitely be, be better. Yeah, sure. And you see, if people um, are are married to someone from from that country and they they decide to speak this language at home, uh, you you can see how 
quickly they get much much better that's also usually true. they yeah. still have an accent but that's not a problem yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i i the last uh podcast i recorded was uh, was with my friend imke imke feldman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her husband is british he comes from the uk and he lives here for 30 plus years mm-hmm. and he still has an accent he his german is perfect but the, the accent is still present. And yeah, yeah. I think that, sound, that's something cool. that you like can't, uh, yeah, you can't completely uh, neglect. Accent yeah. is something that stays probably for for a life. But yeah, you can be still fluent, and and uh, your your foreign language can be, uh, uh, yeah, almost perfect. Let's say uh, if you if you learn and if you practice. Yeah, I have so much. I have so much respect for people who who learn another language, uh, an additional language through their native tongue. Absolutely, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's just cool being able to connect with other people in their language or just a common language like English. Or yeah. by the way, uh, your English is amazing. <laughs> thank you. I, I I give my best. I try to, uh, but this this podcast has done a lot to to my English as well, because. Um, yeah, you, you try to, to improve. So I'll listen a lot to other podcasts. And uh, of course, in preparation for each uh, interview or talk, it's not an interview, it's just talking here. Um, I, I look up certain words. I, I go through the talk in my mind beforehand and um, yeah, look up some words. I don't know. And uh, in, in addition, on my other screen, I have um, deep deepl or com open. So just in case I, I can <laughs> type it in and... Oh, if we get if tip. we get stuck, okay, that's a good tip. <laughs> um, you you know that I don't only uh, like to call you Nicola, right? Are are people call you Nico or Nicola? Uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's Nico, especially here in Austria. Sometimes it's Nicola. Yeah, it depends, but yeah, both are fine. But for me, you're just the guy who never sleeps. You know. <laughs> you, that's not true <laughs> <laughs> but it, it appears to be so because um I, I guess i saw you the first time on twitter i guess it's the network for for techies or at least one of them it, it's my network and uh, if there is a new person male female um in in the tech community i i first see them on twitter and suddenly out of nowhere you appeared and from then on, you were just present on so many channels, blogging, YouTube. Um, you, you did a video course on plural side, one or two. Uh, you, you're doing your boot camp. By the way, I want to talk about this as well because you, you do it for free, which I find is is an amazing thing. I want to I want to learn more about that later. And um, w- when I first recognized what you're all doing, I, I was certain. This guy is single and has no kids. <laughs> that can't uh, be more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when are you doing this stuff? When when are you planning all this stuff? I just saw you, uh, uh, Tom Martins, uh, a friend of both of us, uh, traveled to you and you prepared the next blogging series about the last thing was about data modeling. This thing is about what? Uh, data flows. Data flows. Yeah. Um, when are you doing this? Okay, so... Uh... Where should I start? With Twitter. So you didn't notice me on Twitter because I wasn't on Twitter until uh, 2020, mid-2020. So I wasn't on Twitter. I was mm-hmm. only on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I don't have Facebook. So I was only me on neither. LinkedIn. And I had uh, a good, I would say, good network on, on LinkedIn. 
But since I started blogging, uh, in few months, in the first few months of my blogging, I didn't post uh, links anywhere. But then for the first time, I I was answering some question on LinkedIn and I put a link to my blog and then a lot of people reacted to that. So let's say it was somewhere in March or April 2020. Uh, at that time, I was not on Twitter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I continued LinkedIn and uh, my network dramatically grown uh, since then. So now I have like almost 15,000 people uh, following me on LinkedIn. What? Uh, yeah. That, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a, lot. a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of crazy people around. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, just kidding. Of course. And then I opened my Twitter account. Uh, I think it was May or June 2020. And then I, I'm using Twitter only for uh, professional stuff. So I'm not posting... Uh, you know, picture going with uh, my family, uh, I don't know, to some nice lake around Salzburg. Yeah. So I'm using it same as same for here. LinkedIn, but I also ha- uh, I also realized that uh, uh, Twitter uh, community is more vibrant. Uh, it's more lively than, than LinkedIn. So I just do the repostings. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so what I post on LinkedIn, I also post on Twitter. And that's how I started my Twitter journey. And probably you noticed my activities there because, uh, yeah, I started to do more and more. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm using both, both social social medias, both LinkedIn and Twitter in parallel today. That's one thing. Uh, regarding YouTube channel, uh, I'm not satisfied how it goes so far, but it's probably not uh, realistic uh, to be better at the moment. So I was long uh, hesitant to to start YouTube channel uh, because I supposed, I assumed that there's a lot of work involved in that. It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, (laughs) More than someone uh, would expect. And uh, yeah, last year I started creating those videos on YouTube and uh, it's time consuming in terms I, I think we already spoke. Uh, it's it's time consuming in terms of post production and editing and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not a problem, you know, to to record a video. But then after that, you have a lot of work to do to make it look at least professional to some extent. So not like mm-hmm. uh, Patrick and Adam from Gynacube or uh, I don't know Reed Heavens or uh, those guys are really masters with their videos. Uh, but yeah. uh, to look at least professional to some extent that people uh, get a good overall expression. So the content is the king, the content is the most important, but also <clears throat> I'm, you know, uh, I put myself in the position of those people who are watching. I also like to see a nice intro. I also like to see nice effects and so on. So it's it all of these require a lot of time. Uh, and that's why my YouTube channel is still, I would say, in in not even in the second, it's like in the third plan for me. But I'm trying to keep it alive. And uh, yeah, recently I added some new videos. So I hope that that I'll find time to, you know, to move in all those directions. But uh, yeah, so I, I, as you said, I, I'm not single <laughs> and I'm not without kids. <laughs> not not yet. But, yeah, you... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell my life, don't worry. My <laughs> wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, 
basically when I'm writing this, uh, it depends. Uh, sometimes it's uh, in the evenings, sometimes it's in the mornings, usually during the weekends, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's. it's hard when you have a full-time job, it's hard to uh, find time for everything else. But yeah, good organization is, I would say, the key thing. Because, uh, for example, every Sunday I'm trying to sit down, you know, and uh, write down all the things that I would like to do in the next week. So sometimes, of course, I'm too optimistic. I put too many things. But uh, if you put 10 things and you complete seven, it's good. If you put five and complete five, it's still better to complete seven out of 10 than five out of five, in my opinion. So, yeah. I'm trying to to do this way. Um, I, I didn't do this for forever. I, I started a couple of months ago, but um, what I try is to batch produce stuff so that I collect interesting topics that could be interesting for my you know, target audience. In my case, um, people from controlling and marketing departments, so not so much technical as your stuff is, but... Uh, technical enough to to make them do their job better, quicker. And um, when I have these topics, I try to create um, example files because you need an example to to show. And then um, I reserve um, every single Monday from my, my time schedule for creating social media content. And I try to create three, four videos a day. That for sure doesn't always work. Last Monday I did nothing because I felt... Like I, I couldn't record, I couldn't mm -hmm. look into mm -hmm. the camera. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, sometimes I create four of them, and uh, I do not much of post production because I do it with my streaming setup. As you already know, all the transitions from me in full screen and me in the upper uh, right uh, corner for uh, um, showing the the example. Um, this is what I do live. But a bit of post-production is there and then still this creating thumbnails and finding the right title and stuff. This Absolutely. is this is time consuming, much yeah. more than Writing most people would think. And everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not that easy as it seems when you turn on YouTube and uh, just watch this video. There is a lot of work uh, uh, behind that. Yeah, and I've, this is why since I did this myself, I have so much respect for the guys in the cube. Um, and and also Bas from um, yes, Power BI. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's absolutely absolutely amazing. Crazy, yeah, yeah. yeah How much crazy, they do? Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah. Regarding plural site courses, uh, I've created seven so far. Seven, seven. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can't sleep. No, no. It's uh, so basically, I created seven courses in the time span from uh, last March till now so it's not so uh not so not so uh let's say uh exhausting in terms of uh, of time but uh, when you work on this uh, you need to focus and uh, it's also similar thing like youtube videos but uh, yeah you you need to stick with some uh, templates with some uh uh, uh yeah prerequisite to, to follow some uh, prerequisites and so on. So the process is uh, straightforward, but it also requires a lot of time. So for example, for a course of uh, that, that lasts one hour, uh, it takes me at least, I would say, 50 to 60 hours to create yeah. uh, this course. So uh, Because you need 
to prepare, to create. Uh, I like to to write a script uh, for my courses because mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm not uh, a native speaker, so to avoid those uh, um, and so on or some grammar uh, errors, I like to script my courses in advance. Then you need to create slides, then you need to record, and then you need to do a post production and editing. So in the end, it it takes a while, but it's it's really rewarding. Uh, when you complete the course, that's that's amazing experience and and amazing learning along the way. Uh, yeah, the, for sure. When you when you do the examples, uh, you you notice that oh, that does work a bit different than I thought initially. And uh, yeah, I, I learn all the time. Absolutely, every time. absolutely. But when you when you're doing this pluricide stuff, you do it at home. You record at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because I I know uh, a couple of people who recorded uh, videos for for Linda, which is now LinkedIn Learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, they usually go uh, to, I don't know, is it South Germany or Northern Austria to, to record this stuff in a studio over there? Um, so this this might be different. Yeah, this might be different. So yeah, uh, basically, as far as I know, uh, all the authors on Pluralsight, or let's say the, the, the one, uh, ones that I know, they're recording at home or or some kind of office or something like this. It's important that you have a good soundproof uh, space where mm-hmm. you can record yourself. And uh, uh, basically, there is no camera involved, so it uh. doesn't matter if you are, you know, somewhere uh, uh, in the closet. Or I know people are also recording; uh, they have kids, and uh, it's <laughs> noisy uh, all the time. So they're <laughs> They're, uh, yeah, they're recording in, in toilets also. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not a joke. That's re- yeah, that's yeah. real, real story. Yeah, that's real story. Yeah, sure. It's it's hard to find a, a silent place in in the flat or in the house. Yeah, I yeah. I totally understand that. Believe me. Yeah, my it's... my kids are in the kindergarten right now. This is why we can record. Otherwise, it would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> I have similar issues, so I'm waiting for my kids to go to school in kindergarten, and then you know, home alone, uh, and then uh, then I can I can record and uh, make you know the perfect uh, environment for for uh, recording stuff. Yeah, um, we we're talking about your community engagement, and you, I remember I saw you on Twitter that you wanted to create. Um, a boot camp for Power BI and that you wanted to make it for free for people who cannot afford uh, the price but are in need to maybe getting a job or, uh, yeah, yeah, getting a new job for sure. Um, how did you come up with this idea and how, did you already do it or are you still doing it in the future? I'm not Yeah, so uh, the boot camp list is completed uh, and we are starting in October as planned. Yeah. Uh, so we are finished till Christmas. That that was the original idea. So from mm-hmm. October, once per week, uh, uh, 12 weeks uh, until Christmas. Uh, yeah, the idea came up. So every evening I'm taking a walk. We have a nice little lake uh, uh, in the neighborhood here. And uh, every evening uh, when I put kids to bed, I'm taking a, a short uh walked uh, uh, around those this lake and that's when i uh, when i get all those ideas and everything else i'm thinking about uh, the things i can do 
So before I get to that idea, uh, before I got to that idea, I was watching some videos from I don't know which conference. And I was thinking how amazing is that there are so many people with, with such a knowledge that want to share knowledge for free. And I basically, I realized that 90% of things I've learned, I learned uh, for free from these people. So mm. watching Gynacube live streams, uh, you know, watching uh, uh, videos from uh, SQL bits, from uh, 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 Pass uh, uh, Summit and so on. And uh, a lot of free webinars, uh, especially uh, since COVID started. So I was thinking, how can I do something, you know, to to continue sh this this uh, uh, how to say uh, how to continue sharing this this kind of knowledge and enable someone else to 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 take advantage of it and and you know uh, get some uh, practical. Uh, practical apply uh how to practically apply these uh, learnings in their in their real life so as you said for for a new job for yeah. maybe get promoted or something like this mm -hmm. and uh i was thinking uh, about the possible audience and i was thinking how would how it would be best to deliver this kind of uh let's say uh it's not a training but this kind of sharing knowledge uh, first idea was to create a series of webinars, but uh, then I thought, okay, I can create a webinar, free webinar, ten of ten of uh, free webinars on different topics, and I don't know, 50, 70 people will come here. That's it. So it's one uh, one way direction uh, of learning, which yeah. is okay, but I think it's much more uh, uh, efficient if it's a two-way direction. So if they can ask me a question, do something, make mistake, then come out, come back to me, ask, okay, how should I do this? How should I solve this? Uh, stuff like that. And then, of course, I had uh, uh, some audience in my mind because it's not possible to work with 100 people in that way. So mm -hmm. you can't handle a group of 100 people coming back to you with questions. It's, it's, it's simply not doable. So... I decided to because I uh, realized also uh, uh, during my previous part of career uh, that uh, women in technology are strongly underrepresented. Yeah, with no obvious reason, in my opinion, uh, because uh, I used to work and I'm working now with a lot of really amazing women uh, uh, in data analytics field. That it's completely mystery to me. Why is that? Why is it like that? But it's like that. So I thought, okay, uh, I want to focus on uh, providing this training to females and, of course, to people who can't afford paid trainings. They're amazing paid trainings uh, 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 around, and I personally paid a lot of trainings myself. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and uh, in my opinion, one should pay for the good training. That's not a, uh, that's not that, that's not a question but some people can't afford to pay training so if training costs i don't know 300 uh, us dollars and you are working for 400 us dollars per month you simply can't afford to pay 300 for training no chance hmm. and uh, yeah my idea was to create a group of 15 people 10 of those 15 would be females and remaining 5 will be 
people who can't afford paying trainings. So those five can be also five females or five males or combination, whatever. But uh, then when I opened this application uh, uh, window, I got like 20 applications in span of two days. So, and the, the application window was open for four weeks. And in the end, it was 83 applications. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking while I was reading through applications, because I didn't ask for any CV, nothing, 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 just few sentences. Who are you? And why are you think that this training will benefit? So there are some uh, heartbreaking stories there. Of course, I can't share that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, sure. There are uh. some really complex stories, uh, especially for us. We are living in developed countries in, you know, in the middle of Europe. So we are not, maybe not aware of the problems uh, that people facing in other parts of the planet. Mm. And uh, yeah, basically in the end, so as I said, 83 applications, I was thinking now the hardest part would be how to reject someone. From those 83, at least 60, 65 people deserved place, at yeah. least. So there were also applications from people who are already proficient with Power BI. So they were sending me uh, portfolios. Their portfolio is better than mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, But let's say that at least 60, 65 were really need, in need for that training. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a lot of my friends from, from community uh, offered their help uh, to, to, to jump in and, uh, you know, help somehow. Beautiful. And I asked them if they want to be part of the team and take over the group of 15 people because I thought if there are more of us we can serve more people and in the end I need to mention them so it's Pragati you know Pragati Jain yeah. uh, she's also uh, Microsoft MVP Pragati Andrea Janicevic also uh, she works for Microsoft Switzerland mm -hmm. uh, authored a book, book on Power Query uh, Augustin my friend Augustin Dokoja Bukvic yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mohamed Adnan, also Data Platform MVP. So five of us, uh, everyone will take uh, one group of 15 people. So in the end, 75 people will uh, get free training. We'll have something to showcase after they finish this bootcamp. So we will focus on providing practical stuff. So they will build something. They will build a uh, uh, few reports, few dashboards. So after they finish, they can, uh, you know, go to to apply for some job and show and uh, say okay this is what i've built in power bi so it's not just a theory it's also uh yeah hands-on hands-on uh, uh, work and i also have to mention uh guys from enterprise dna uh brian uh, julius so i was talking to him and uh, also we mentioned we, we were talking about this boot camp and uh, he offered some kind of help. And uh, in the end, uh, all, all uh, boot campers that uh, complete 75% of trainings, so they, they, are, uh, uh, they attend 75%, at least 75% of classes, will get one year free subscription for Enterprise DNA platform, which is Ooh. amazing. And yeah. uh, I'm really grateful for, for, uh, to them for providing this uh, uh, this 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 will be uh, additional motivation for uh, for the people because once we are done with these 12 weeks of training 
they will have one year, additional one year uh, to learn for free. Uh, there are amazing courses are on enterprise DNA platform. Yeah. So they can, you know, okay, uh, someone will go deep into data visualization. Someone will go deep into DAX. Someone in Power Query and so on. They can find free trainings in next year to deepen their knowledge. So it's kind of a journey that will not uh, that will not end in December. Wow, that this is such a beautiful idea that you had, and I'm I'm always surprised how much is possible due to the fact that we are able to do all the stuff digitally worldwide. It doesn't matter where you are, uh, but you you need need an internet connection. And the the power of community. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not involved in this project, but hearing this and and knowing there are so much people who want to support you, and in that way, those 75 people around the world is is crazy. Yeah, it is. It is, and, and uh, yeah, I'm really it, happy. With it. it it would have been my question, but you somehow answered it already. Um, how did you make clear that those people who could not afford Uh, the training really could not afford you. They didn't send you their bank account. No, right? of they course. Just said, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I didn't ask for that. So it's it was just the story, and uh, yeah, uh, it's matter of trust. So I trust them that yeah they really don't they they really can't afford pay training. So no need to to provide any proof of evidence or something like this. So I, I trust them. That's that's it. Wow, I. I make a mental bow in front of you. <laughs> nice. I, w I would really love to have you on the show when this thing completed, when, when it's done afterwards, how your experience is with this. Yeah, gladly. What, what, what you learned from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I have a lot to, a lot to learn uh, from all this project and from all these people. So uh, I'm really looking forward to learning myself during this, uh, this bootcamp. Very cool. I'm, I'm coming back to you for sure. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, I was, of of course, uh, going through your LinkedIn account because we, we know each other a bit from the community, but it's not like we, we are buddies for years. So I, I need to go through this uh, official uh, CVs. And um, I saw two things that, that um, made, me, made me think about. The first thing is you worked on data projects with Uh, the world's largest databases. So this wasn't just a, a PBIX file with a couple of million rows. You were on really, really big um, projects. Uh, how does this still apply to the to the Power BI world and the projects you do today? What, what's a usual project people could hire you for? Do some advertisement for your <laughs> your self employment. I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, the project uh, with the, uh, it's probably not the biggest database in the world, but I'm sure one of the biggest because it's uh, Ticketmaster, you know, the, the, the biggest uh, seller of online tickets in the world. Mm -hmm. So I guess they're in top, let's say, top 100 of, of, uh, uh, in uh, uh, number of transactions, definitely. Uh, it was back then, Power BI was not a thing at that time. So we were using uh, Oracle database. So I also wait, used wait, to work wait. with non-Microsoft. Oracle. Oracle, I've heard that before. Who is this? No, just uh, kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were using Oracle database and the reporting platform was MicroStrategy, uh, which was at that time, uh, I would say, top platform for, for reporting. 
kind of uh, avant-garde in terms of business intelligence. So at that time, Microsoft had uh, SQL Server reporting services. Uh, of course, with all its advantages and disadvantages, but MicroStrategy was something that uh, Power BI was at the very beginning. So also a data modeling tool, and uh, you can do all those nice visualizations, uh, no, not at this level that, that you can do now, but it was like eight, nine years ago. So at that time, the MicroStrategy was really, was really a thing. So uh, I was working with these two tools. And that's, I would say that's my, uh, one, of the, one of the rare uh, trips outside of Microsoft uh, data platform uh, uh, world. And uh, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's really, you can't imagine how many transactions occurred uh, during a minute. So people from around the planet buying tickets for all kinds of events. So you can imagine uh, uh, how many transactions are coming in. And uh, it was really challenging to create uh, analytic storage for that kind of, of, of database, you know, because uh, there are a lot of data and uh, we, were, uh, we were not using uh, those uh, Hadoop, Hive and, and uh, big data stuff mm. at that time so just uh, all relational uh, yeah. database all relational stuff yeah and uh, yeah yeah after that uh, i came to austria so came back to microsoft's world used to work with uh, again with sql server uh with uh, uh, sql server analysis services multi-dimensional so stuff with cubes integration services reporting services and then in 2017 uh we got as a part of SQL Server Enterprise Edition with software assurance license. We got Power BI Report Server uh, for free. I mean, not for free. You are yeah. paying it with this license, but it was part of that license. And I remember, yeah, like few months. It was just, uh, you know, like when you put some things that you don't need somewhere in the in the uh, cellar or or somewhere else, so no one touched. Power BI for the few first few months, and then uh, yeah, uh, one colleague from I think it was for customer support department. She came to me uh, asking for some reports, and I was like, "Okay, why should we don't create this in Power BI? Let's try." And it was of course try and error, try and error. Uh, but in the end, let's say after three months, uh, the one report which was quarterly quarter report for the management where she needed like one week in advance to prepare everything. So she needed to pull the data from five, six different places and mm. uh, did everything manually afterwards in Excel. You know, pull the data, enter data in Excel and showcase this as a quarter uh, quarterly report. In the end, we built a Power BI report. Then she literally completed everything in, I don't know, maybe half an hour. So cool. no need to export everything, no need to go to six different places. Everything was in one place. Of course, that was a process with a lot of errors, with a lot of problems, issues we, we were solving together along the way. But in the end, I think that's uh, the, the power of the good tool that uh, you can provide uh, 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 consumers of this tool with a quick and easy way to, to understand uh, 
to understand the data. Yeah, and that's how I how I started with Power BI. And so at that moment, I was still working like I would say eighty percent with SQL Server, writing stored procedures, writing SQL, and twenty percent with Power BI. But then, you know. Uh, this colleague told to others, oh, yeah, I have a nice report. Uh, let me show you. And then other colleagues started coming to me and, uh, okay, can we create something uh, for this? Can we, creating something, can we create something for that? And then, uh, then uh, yeah, that's, that's how it started. And then I slowly started to, to uh, work more in Power BI, less in SQL Server. And I would say today, SQL is my first love. So... <laughs> and uh, I miss working with SQL, uh, but uh, today I'm working almost almost only with with Power BI. Yeah, it's a it's a big force in so many uh, companies. So many companies are aware of it now due to Microsoft 365. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it, it's the same here. I I get contacted a lot for small tasks for, hey, I'm, I'm trying to use Power Query. I saw it in Excel and in Power BI and I can't solve this and that. And then it just develops and people see what's possible and want to do more with it. Yeah, it's amazing how it develops meanwhile. So um, as a BI professional and data professional who you are uh, in your uh, self-employment now, what's a typical project, or what what do, what's your favorite project? Your perfect customer. What should <laughs> a perfect customer ask you to do? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So, my perfect project will be something that combines uh, not just so not just Power BI or let's say rebuilding reports from Excel in Power BI. That's nothing. That, uh, that that's not something that. I enjoy working on, uh, but I also, yeah, I also sometimes do that uh, for sure, but uh, definitely something that involves the whole uh, data platform uh, solution. So meaning uh, working on the background stuff, like uh, understanding what's the source of data, how the data is modeled. Uh, th those are things, so data modeling stuff uh, 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 and uh, how this data can be translated into a semantic model that Power BI will uh, leverage then to create reports, though this is the perfect uh, project for me, to be involved in all parts of the project. So not only Power BI, but also to understand uh, how this data flows from the source uh, up until the, the, the last stage, which is, uh, which is Power BI. Let's say that that would be my perfect project. And um, if you... If you think about the, the shares, you have a whole week, you have five days and you're doing um, social media and you're doing paid work for customers. Do you have a, a percentage of both? How it looks like now? If you want to talk about it, we can just... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Why not? I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone who knows me knows that I'm transparent. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, some things that are under NDA, I can't tell about that uh, i can't speak about that but other than that i'm open to to discuss everything so uh, basically uh, in terms of percentage uh, i'm still trying to get my head around how to distribute my time properly yeah as a new <laughs> fresh self-employed person uh, in the first few months i was taking everything that comes my way you know there is uh, always a fear 
what should, what would I do if uh, there is nothing on my plate? I don't know, in the next month or two months or three months, you need to pay mortgage. You need to, yeah. uh, you know, you know the, the, uh, what I'm talking about. So now I'm trying to figure, I, I think I'm, I, I figured out what works for me, or at least I think I figured out. Uh, I would say it's like four days of paid work for clients and one day for uh, learning things that I can't find time to learn during those four days and doing uh, free stuff like uh, creating sessions for community events, uh, writing blogs, uh, uh, recording YouTube videos and so on. So at least one day for that. Uh, and especially important is that you keep some time for learning uh, yep. because, yeah, you things are changing so fast, especially in Power BI with that uh, uh, pace that, uh, yeah, if you miss just one update, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really tough to to get back on track. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to leave some time for learning. There are also other things that I'm interested in, not just Power BI. Uh, really, so... there's something else. <laughs> <laughs> Who would say that? <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly I'm interested in data-related stuff. So. Uh, I'm rarely reading books like novels or something like this. No. Yeah. So I'm reading me, books me on data topics, but I also read books so on, on Synapse, for example. Now I try to learn Databricks. So I'm also interested in other, uh, some new concepts. For example, someone asked me re recently about unified star schema. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit that I didn't have an idea what's that. So I Googled it and I found a series of interesting articles. So I'm trying to you know, to learn as much as possible because not just because uh, I will be paid in the future for that, but just because that interests interests me. Yeah, I, I try to find a balance there uh, because when you always think about the things you don't know, it kind of makes me uncertain. I'm not so confident anymore. I've, I always feel like I, I, I need to read this and I need to watch this video. And, and there's always a big backlog. I, I try to, when I find interesting stuff on social media and I don't have the time to, to consume it, I, I send this link via email to my uh, exchange server for later. And I just notice it's just getting more and not less because there's always <laughs> more coming in than I'm able to consume. So I kind of stop doing this because it creates so much pressure and i i try to just learn on project of yep. course you of course you need to to learn about the update because there might come in new stuff and you're still doing it in the very old fashion and it yes it works but it's completely outdated um but i'm not trying to learn everything just in case i could need it someday because I'm, I'm not able to do this anymore with a family and still some time you need for rest. Um, yeah. it's, I'm just not capable of doing it. So yeah, yeah. I, what I try to do is, because we both are trainer and consultants as well as developers, and um, what I try to invest time in is to be able to explain things more clearly to find a common language with the people who might be my customers to not only explain clearly what I can do for them, but also to 
explain what their real problem is and how a real solution could look like. Absolutely, that that's a great point. And uh, but that's that's a gift if you can explain uh, complex things in in a uh, language that someone uh, can understand you easily. That's really mm. a, a precious skill. <laughs> Somehow yes and somehow no. It's always I, I don't believe so much in in gift. Um, if if there is a newborn and with one and a half years they speak fluently, that's a gift for sure. But everything else usually is hard work. When you see when you see Marco and Alberto talking about Dex, I'm pretty sure twelve years ago they they had the same problems as we did with understanding the concepts. And um, I, I had the pleasure of having um, both on my podcast and Alberto was talking about uh, his beginning in BI and it was a simple pivot table in Excel where he thought, hey, drag and drop is just cool. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> ma many people see how easy it looks for several people to sing a great song to perform on stage, but they don't see w how much work was years ago needed to, to, to being invested Uh, for for this performance. So yes, there are people who might be talented, but usually it's hard work. And when both things meet each other, talent and the the that's that's the, the will for hard work. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect combination. Definitely in everything, in everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is how great athletes in sports come up, and this is how great people in the Power BI community absolutely, come up. absolutely. I mean, and uh, if you need to choose uh, between those two. I always uh, choosing hard work. Yeah, but hard work can also be a problem because I, I like people who like to work hard, but also to be lazy. Because <laughs> because those people try to optimize processes. If you have someone who just don't thinks about optimizing a process but likes hard work, they do the repetitive work over and over and over again without thinking how could I just save this day. It's just stupid work. I don't want to do it anymore. So yeah, that, that, that's true. But uh, in the end, I think with uh, hard work, you have uh, better chances to achieve your goals, whatever your goals yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. With pure gift, without hard work. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We are, we share the same opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but that, that's great points. Great, great points. Yeah. So y you told me. Before we record, I guess last week, we just for the listeners, we just tested the connection mm -hmm. last Friday. And uh, for some reason, it, it worked. Um, the last time I tried it with uh, Matthias Tierbach, who will be on my podcast, um, uh, I guess on the next episode, uh, it just didn't. So uh, apologies to Matthias here. <laughs> it was just my mistake. Greetings um, to Matthias from my side. <laughs> we met yeah, at Data Grillin. Yeah, yeah. He, he, ah, you met him in person. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope I will one day when he comes to uh, back to Germany, his, his home country. Mm -hmm. um, you said you want to earn your money um, with a bigger portion in, in education and training. You want to give trainings, pay trainings. As well, um, is there something planned already? I know you you did these video courses, and I, I'm pretty sure you get paid by Pluriside. But um, which things will we see from you um, during the next month? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, for Pluriside, uh, at this moment, I'm finished with courses. Probably for yeah, I don't know. In next few months, uh, I won't do anything in that field. Uh, yeah, you get paid uh, for royalties for watching your courses. Uh, but I plan to uh, 
put more emphasis on live trainings, so providing live trainings. So I already uh, created offerings for uh, DP500, preparing DP500, the latest mm-hmm. exam, which that. is very popular uh, for becoming Azure Enterprise Data Analyst. Uh, I think the exam is popular popular because it covers a lot of things. So it's not only Power BI. Uh, it's also uh, Synapse and it's also a little bit of Python and it's also Microsoft Purview for data cataloging. So it it's a broad range of tools and, and uh, concepts that you need to master in order to, to complete this exam. And I find myself, I find these topics super interesting to me. So from my perspective, this is the perfect exam. And mm-hmm. uh, I find that a lot of people share my uh, uh, excitement about this. So I, cre- I already put uh, two dates in uh, the autumn. So because my September and October are full with other things and I need to prepare uh, proper materials for this uh, DP500 training. So it will happen in November. I will do one uh, run for... Uh, Europeans for uh, so in European times and one for US times. Uh, some seats uh, are already sold. Uh, the plan is to go with maximum 10 people per group, not more than that. So they can, again, I can dedicate to each of them uh, to help them get the most of this training. So it's not about, you know, just me talking and that's it. So it's to, to dedicate time for them to understand some concepts better. Uh, I will do it four days, four hours, instead of two days, eight hours, because I find uh, overwhelming to sit eight hours online uh, and keep the focus and engagement uh, uh, to people. Uh, This way, basically, I give them half of their working day back, so uh, they don't panic if they have a meeting, if they need to uh, answer to some urgent email or something like this, they can still focus on training and they can still complete their daily tasks. That that was my idea why I split training in, in four days, four hours. And we will basically cover all the topics that are part of this exam. As I said, not just focusing on preparing de- them for exam. That's one goal. But the I would say the bigger goal and more important goal is to provide them with knowledge about those topics. So uh, I met a lot of people working in Power BI world that are great with Power BI, but they don't know anything about, for example, uh, storing relational data in Azure Synapse. And now this is the thing that comes more and more in real life. So this knowledge will be, uh, I would say, this knowledge will be will be uh, uh, in demand. If you know both things, you will be in demand. And that's why I think that uh, uh, this skill set provides you with a good opportunity to to find a job, to find a better job, or to be uh, more recognized uh, uh, in your current position, for example. And uh, yeah, so that, that's what's coming. And based on interest, I plan to run more, uh, uh, more of those trainings, probably not in December, but beginning next year, maybe in, in February, uh, if there is uh, enough interest to create another group. And for those people listening to this podcast and knowing you from the community, how you can explain stuff and what you know, 
Um, if they want to contact you because they need a training for something you don't offer yet, they can send you a mail and I put your email address in the show notes to this podcast. If thanks, this is fine for, for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. And thank you. Thanks. Thanks, of course. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed how you managed to do all this stuff. Mo leaving the home country is for sure. I never tested this, but it's for sure not something everyone appreciates. Everyone wants to stay close to the family and uh, the native language. So moving abroad to Austria was definitely a big thing. I'm impressed by by the the passion you have for this data related stuff and how you not only think about making your business and you're now responsible for earning money uh, yourself, which is pretty much different from being employed as all the other self-employed people here will notice. Um, pretty much different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a complete different story and I totally underestimated uh, uh, what this means. Uh, but you're, you're managing this right now and it, it seems like it works out. I... I cross my fingers a lot for for the Thank future and um, um yeah I'm, i'm happy that you're doing all this stuff yeah. and that you that you were guest on my show today so thanks thanks, thanks, thanks. for taking thanks the for time. inviting me and then yeah uh, once again thanks a lot for your advices uh before i started my self-employment it was it was really helpful you are one of the people that uh, i owe at least a beer When we meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to have a beer with you and I, I can definitely pay for it on my own. But thank, <laughs> no, no, thanks no, a lot. I really, I, I like I like to share what I, uh, the, the experience I did because it doesn't cost me anything to uh, share it, and but it cost me a lot to make the mistakes. So why not preventing people from doing the same mistakes? Absolutely, that's, absolutely. That's that's also my uh, my way of thinking. Yeah. This This is what community is about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Th and thanks again, Nicola. Mm -hmm. It was a no pleasure problem. having you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure to, to join you. And uh, yeah, greetings to, to all people who listen this. <laughs> yeah, from my side as well. Bye, everybody. <laughs>